you know, this has been a 13 year journey. Mm -hmm. So to all of those mamas out there that are sewing, don't rush it. It will happen. You're listening to Secrets of a Bridal Seamstress podcast. I'm your host, Nadine Bozeman. In this podcast, I'm sharing business systems and strategies specifically tailored to the bridal sewing industry so you can build your own modern and profitable bridal alterations business. Join me as I also get to chat with fellow seamstresses and share their personal success stories. I'm so glad you're here and that we can grow together in this unique trade. All right, Katrina, I'm so pumped that you are here in your beautiful space. You even have candles lit behind you. You're just setting the mood. (laughs) I have a plant. So, you know, you saw me put that there to add some color. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) you are a dream to follow on Instagram. I watch your reels. I see your photos, your little videos, the slow-mo videos of your dream dresses and I love what you do and I, your story is so inspirational and motivating to seamstresses, whether they're working in a shop or especially if they're working at home, because your journey is just awesome. So I want to let you start talking about yourself. So welcome. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. This is, I, I mean, again, I just always love chatting with you. So thank you for having me. Um, and I'm excited to like chat about best bridal and how it all started and um, before yes. we came on air, I was telling Nadine about a little story about how I started. I wanted to share it. Um, so it kind of all started out on my dining room table. I lived in a 900 square foot, tiny little duplex in not a good side of the of <laughs> town. Okay. <laughs> little sketch. <laughs> and I remember the first dress that I was working on. My younger sister sent this dress to me from a friend. I had never worked on bridal before and she had such confidence in me. God bless her. Mm-hmm. Tells Those her sisters. friend, oh, my sister sews. She can totally work on your gown for you. It will be <laughs> fine. <laughs> Love her to pieces. And it was letting this dress out about a size and a half. And still mm-hmm. to this day, it's one of the hardest alterations that you do on a pre-made gown. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember as I'm sewing... And I'm going nice and slow because I want to make sure I don't mess anything up. It's lace. I don't want to put a hole in it or anything. Mm -hmm. I'm going along and then my machine starts going really fast. I'm like, oh, shoot, what's up? (laughs) My son is under my table pressing my presser foot (laughs) on my dining room table. I'm like, "Ah!" So really, I was just kind of thrown into this. Yeah the middle of motherhood and oh my goodness kind of learn by mistakes and you know sometimes you just gotta ride this crazy wave mm-hmm. kinda, yeah kind of oh my goodness started. I love everything about that story because I think that speaks to where so many people are right now who are thinking do I even know how to sew I mean I'm just sewing at home I think so many people have that mindset of like, maybe I can't really do this because I'm just sewing like I'm a dining room table and, you know, so-and-so has the shop or whatever, a brick and mortar. And it's like, or so-and-so went to design school and your story is so organic. And even from just, you were telling me earlier of like how you learn, like it's in a very like non-traditional way. And you have to have that hands-on experience and 
and make mistakes and work with the fabric. And, um, you know that about yourself and you Mm -hmm. embrace that early on. And I think that's (laughs) what made you who you are. That's so cool. So for all the mamas sewing at home, this episode is for you. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and also like we were chatting about before, I learned very different. I'm severely dyslexic. Um, so having a learning disability as, as well, people think that that will hold you back. And in reality, I think it's become one of my greatest strengths because I don't learn from reading a book. I very much learn by hands-on and learning from my mistakes and learning to put my child in a playpen while I'm sewing. So I don't sew my finger to a dress, but it just all started out by my sister believing in me Mm -hmm. and throwing me under the bus, which is yeah. one of the most beautiful things she could have done, even though yeah. it was terrifying. Yeah. She believed um, in you before you did. She really did. Yeah. And I think that's kind of my whole family, my hubby as well. Like they've just really encouraged me and to have these awesome support people around me has made me the success that I am. Because yeah. I, you know, when you're starting out, like you said, like, well, I'm just a mom that sews at home when you have this support behind you, you're like, oh yeah, I can do this. <laughs> right. Right. Totally. Yeah. And then you, when those, those voices can be louder than the ones inside. I mean, yeah. I still have those voices where I'm like, why do I even know what I'm doing? <laughs> right. Like, no, right. <laughs> put them aside right. and like looking at your beautiful space. Okay. So where were you before this? I know you've recently moved and this yeah. place that you're in is stunning. So where were you before here? Were you home? No. I started in a tiny 900 square foot duplex in the dining room. And then mm-hmm. we moved and then I had my own little sewing room, which was yep. like maybe like, it's probably not even hundred square feet. It was tiny. It was tiny, tiny, tiny. closet. You're so yes. And then um, we moved to my childhood home, which I'm purchasing from my parents, which is just a whole nother really cool oh story. Oh my word. Um, and then COVID hit and I, my husband's a cancer survivor. So we didn't feel comfortable with anybody coming into our home, especially right. before vaccines were out. We weren't, I mean, with COVID being so new, nobody really knew what to expect. Oh, 100%. So yeah. I asked a local um, bridal shop that I had been doing work for um, if I could like just rent a little space from them. So mm-hmm. it went from... I had my sewing space at home, but I worked for or worked at the bridal shop um, and doing all of my alteration appointments and fitting appointments mm-hmm. there. Okay. However, mm-hmm. I, when I started doing really getting deep into my customs, I found out if their designers learned that I was meeting custom girls in their shop, they could have lost that designer. And that was not my heart at all. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to do that to them. I love them to pieces and I wish them the best. So it was just time for me to get a space. Um, And I've wanted this space for 10 years. And I was downstairs. I love that when you drive by the same space and you're like, oh, I have a vision. That's like where I I am now. Yes. I just love that space. Well, I was downstairs getting my hair done. My... my salon is just downstairs oh, below that's me, crazy. which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And the owner, Krista, she tells me, oh yeah, that space upstairs just opened up. I'm like, like I, I'm sure she could have messed my hair up if I <laughs> moved anymore. I'm obviously a very expressive person. Michael, like, we need your landlord's number right away. And I moved in 
in May. Wow. The busiest season I have ever had. It was just chaos. So now I finally have my space kind of set up, kind of what yeah. I want it to be. Yeah. But it's, you know, this has been a 13 year journey. Mm-hmm. So to all of those mamas out there that are sewing, don't rush it. It will happen. It, Ugh, it all happens awesome. in its own time. Yes. Well, congratulations. Like Thank your you. dream space. That is so yes. cool. I didn't yes. realize it was that recent just this past May. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just in like the busiest season, like ever that we've ever had. So yeah, yeah for all of us. <laughs> so, um, kind of shifting a little bit to chat towards seamstresses who are working on alterations. They're thinking about, you know, offering some uh, custom designs. Um, Are there any maybe drawbacks to consider, or I don't know, like pros and cons of offering, you know, bespoke. Yeah. We've, we had this conversation of how to say it before we started recording. So some people say tomato, tomato, tomato. (laughs) Yes. Some people say it bespoke. I say it best spoke, but like you said, tomato, tomato, it's, but I want to say it like you say it. So I'm going to say best spoke. Um, yeah. yeah. So tell us the pros and cons of that from like a seamstress, an alteration specialist perspective. So starting as a seamstress, you have all of your materials minus like the thread, your machine, your sewing needles kind of already prepackaged in that Mm -hmm. wedding dress when it comes to you for alterations. That's not the case (laughs) when you go into custom and bespoke gowns. So the things that I didn't think of, I was thinking, okay, well, you just buy the fabric and you sew the darn thing together. Well, that's not exactly how it works. You still need to, of course, buy all your sewing supplies and then your boning and your interfaces and the zippers and the hook and eyes. There's so much that I did not think about. So the cost is significantly higher Mm -hmm. first going into it. So my greatest piece of advice um, would be to just start small, start taking little nibbles at it. Start if you want to start doing custom pieces, start by offering like custom sleeves that are pre-made that they can slide them on and see them with their gown or Mm Um, a corset back or an overlay skirt, starting out with small pieces like that will kind of help you get your feet wet without totally breaking the bank and not knowing if that gown is going to sell or not. Right. And that I, I'm thinking of like the overwhelm of like the, the vast list that comes with like a entire dress, you know what I mean? As opposed to like, Oh, uh, let's make some sleeves. (laughs) That's doable. (laughs) So that's, that's a great first step. And you're kind of sharpening your skills when you start small, Mm -hmm. because when you, when you go into like a big, full, huge gown, it's intimidating the first time you do it. So to start small, it's kind of nice because then it's just little bite-sized pieces. Yes. Yeah. Now as like, as a seamstress getting dresses that are, you know, purchase from a store and it's already made. Um, my time frame with the bride is usually like 10 to 12 weeks. You know, we'll start, we'll have one fitting and then she'll come back two and a half weeks later and then the next. So how does your time frame compare to that? And so, I'm talking like basic alterations, you know, basic alterations. Yeah. So with basic alterations, mm-hmm. mine is about the same, um, for your basic three, mm-hmm. I, I call them the basic three, the hem, 
Taylor and Bustle. Those mm-hmm. are the three most common alterations that I see. Um, for those, if it's truly just a tailoring, not a resize, um, I prefer uh, two months. Okay. That, that That's what I am yeah. hoping for. And what about for your custom gowns? Custom gowns, a minimum of six months. I prefer a year or more. So if you have, does that dip into the clients that you accept for just alterations? You know what I mean? Like, how do you balance that out? You're thinking, okay, I have a custom gown that I'm making. I have six months for, so how does that impact the amount of brides that you'll accept? Yes. So I feel comfortable with taking 10 to 12 customs a year rotating. Okay. Um, and if I completely book out, I may not take any alterations. So I very much am in a transition year. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm transitioning not just from doing seamstress alteration work to custom, but I'm transitioning into trying to build up and teach a new generation of seamstress and altaliers because because a lot of the people in my area are retiring these talented, amazing women. Mm. And I mean, like I said, I've been doing this for 13 years. I have the most experience in my area by like six or seven years at this point. Wow. So that, wow. that's telling you how many people have retired. Yeah. So yeah, I know in my area, we have at least three women who retired just this past year. And I'm thinking, oh, and even when they were around, it was like, there weren't many of us, you know? So there's right. definitely that, that generation gap and this new generation, you know, up and coming. So I love how you're yes. stepping into that education piece. Yeah. Well, it's exciting. You know, there's been this mentality of women stepping on other women to elevate themselves. And I just think that is the ugliest thing you can possibly do. It's mm-hmm. just, I, I don't want to be that. I would much rather like, let, let's let all go together because then it won't be so lonely at the top. You right. know, I, yes. I want to like, oh, I love that. Yes. Friends. Let's do it together. <laughs> yep. Yeah, totally. So how are you, um, how are you, are you like working with apprentices or what do you, th- what's your plan for that? Yeah. So I have two gals that I talk with on a regular basis. Oh, um, one of them is a very, very dear friend. She has been a very dear friend for a long, long time and she's working out of her home. And I refer her just about all of my overflow at this point and she's outstanding, but if she gets stuck, she'll just FaceTime me and let me know, okay, this is what's happening. I'm ready to throw the dress out the window. Yes. Please help me before I do that. <laughs> I that is so cool. Yes. It's yes. really neat. How do you, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk later about how you connected because I would love to find something like that where I can just be like, okay, somebody that I can pass on and yeah. Cause yes. I think we're all kind of getting to that level this year too. So yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So this is kind of like a uh, subject, but I know you're very open about your prices. And I think this yes. would be so helpful for seamstresses who are like, I don't even know what the ballpark should be. Like, how did you establish your prices. And I, you know, we see this in bridal, all bridal clients. Well, I shouldn't say all, but I should say no matter the project, we see this with brides, maybe not being sure of what they should expect to pay or what the cost of alterations or sewing is. So how do you approach that from the best spoke perspective? Yes. So when I started out, I mostly did alterations and just a couple customs peppered in through the years. And Mm -hmm. then I put a pause on customs till I could really harness my skills. Um, 
So for me, what I did, I thought about, okay, what do I want to be making hourly? And am I fast enough to make that? So I Mm. wanted to make sure that I was balancing that. So for my advice for somebody who is just getting started in this, think about like, okay, say you want to make $20 an hour, just a a nice even number. Um, And think about how much time each project is going to take you. So Mm -hmm. still to this day, there are prices that I give my brides that are brackets. Yep. So I do brackets specifically on lace hems often. Because anybody who has done a lace hem before knows that you don't just cut a lace hem. You have to remove the trim applique. And sometimes you have to remove it one stitch at a time. Then you relay it, you re-sew it. There's little nips and tucks to be made. So sometimes I know, okay, that lace hem is going to take me two hours and say that I was charging, you know, hoping for $20 an hour. I'm going to charge between 40 and okay. It might take me up to five hours to hundred. So I'm going to let my bride know, okay, this one is a bracket price. Your cost for this lace hem is going to be between 40 and hundred. I never, ever go over what I quote, but that way seamstresses can kind of get an idea. Okay. 40 would have been under quote or under quoting for this particular hem, but I landed right about $60. Okay. So that's Mm -hmm. fair. My bride is already not paying top dollar. So that's great. I'm giving her a little discount and I am learning how quick I can be on this particular hem. So that's a really great way for beginner seamstresses to start. Um, But that, I mean, sometimes I just know, I just know that like my micro hems, they're $25 a layer because I, I know it's going to take me an hour or less. Right. And yeah. is that how you piece together a quote for a custom gown? Do you go by like each, like each piece that you'll be working on? Is that how you come with your quote for custom gowns? Kind of. So okay. my custom gowns start at 2,500. Mm-hmm. With that comes a $500 fabric stipend, I guess okay. you could call it. Uh-huh. So if my brides decide that they want fabric that are more that is more expensive, then the price is going to go from twenty five hundred up, mm-hmm. depending on the fabric that they choose. <clears throat> and I know the basic. Okay, the sketch is going to take me this long. The muslin pattern, which I have right over my shoulder here, this is actually a pattern on my form for mm-hmm. a custom gown. It's beautiful. Um, thank you. Um, <laughs> for I know just that, like that, yeah. For just cotton, yeah, I know it's that, like, that wow. pattern is going to take a certain amount of time. Um, but if they want to add something more extra- extravagant, like a structured um, piece that comes mm-hmm. off of the bodice, then mm-hmm. that is going to be an added piece, something that I know that's outside the norm of like a traditional gown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I I was speaking with somebody maybe a few months ago and she wanted to get into custom gowns and you know, what is even the first step? And I was thinking, well, you, I think you would just need to know how long things take you. Like, what are your basic skills that you have to use with every single gown and then start timing yourself. Like sometimes setting the timer is a really rude wake up call. Like I'm like, Oh yeah, it doesn't take me long. And then I set the timer. I'm like, Oh my gosh, it takes me forever. Like I need to raise this price. Yes. You know, we, have to face reality sometimes like, okay. So that's a great, like first step is knowing how long the things take and then going from there. Um, 
and maybe like, because I don't know how long it takes to sketch out a gown or to, mm-hmm. you know, to make up, to make your mock-up gown, but and everybody's different. That, everybody's going right. to do different steps and take t- their time yeah. is going to be different than others. Yeah. So you have to figure out what is best for you. And that's also how I figure out how many gowns I can take per year or per month. Okay. That's so for, super helpful. So for seamstresses that are just starting out, they know, okay, well, one gown takes me about a total of 10 hours. Mm-hmm. And I only want to be working 40 hours a month because I have kids and I have other obligations. Okay. Well, then your max gowns that you can take per month is four. Right. Yeah, so it, it totally. Scheduling. Oh, yeah, because in in our membership this month we're talking about pre booking and scheduling, and that is the key piece is knowing. Um, and you can even learn this before you even meet with the bride is how long roughly yeah. is this gown going to take based on what she's telling you she needs, and that's how right. you build your schedule. But being honest with yourself with that time is a huge piece. Otherwise, that's how you know you end up sewing at midnight, which. <laughs> I had a lot of late nights of sewing like that, where it's like, okay, I said yes too many times. So, okay. Now we know like our, our time structure, how much maybe we should charge. Um, how do you advertise for your brides or like, where do you find your clients? So there are a couple different sources. So I have a couple amazing local boutiques that refer to me. Um, and I love them to pieces. However, since I'm doing mostly, custom at this Mm -hmm. point. Um, they have been able to refer to my, my two gals that I was talking about. And I, I called them and I let them know, Hey, these two gals are awesome. They're capable. They're ready to take on the work. Um, so that was nice to like kind of spread like the love. So that was really great. Um, so definitely stop into your local boutiques. Um, some of the larger stores have in-house seamstresses. And if that's something that you are wanting to pursue, go in and talk to them and don't be afraid to bring in your pieces that you have worked on before that you have, even if it's not a gown yeah, to be able to bring something in and you are asking, Hey, do you have an opening bringing a piece in? If somebody did that with me and was so confident to bring in their work and it's like, Oh, Hey, Yes. Yeah. You know what you're You're doing? You're looking at your stitches. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I think that is a really great way to get started. Um, Mm -hmm. And then Instagram and TikTok, because you can be very, very much who you are and very authentic and real, and you will attract your people. 100%. Yeah, I think I, that's a really great way. And mm-hmm. you don't have to be perfect. Your space doesn't have to be perfect all the time, but to be able to show what you are working on and the quality of your work, I think is really beneficial for future clients. Yeah. So for your bespoke gowns, do you find that most of your clients come from Instagram? Perfect. Oh that's yeah. Great. I would yeah. say 98%. Wow. Like, hi. Hi. That's hi. awesome. Because yeah, if you're, you know, if you're offering alterations, obviously that relationship with the bridal shop is essential, but if you're like, I'm designing my own or I'm designing custom gowns, we can't really walk into shops with the same, <laughs> with the same spiel. <laughs> like this right. is what I offer gowns, right. just like you. So, yep. um, I love that just <laughs> being authentic and showing your work consistently on Instagram. And it's, it's kind of like this love hate relationship that we have with social media because it's like, right. Oh, it's so time consuming. And I don't want to be on my phone, but it's like, also 
it's amazing how many people you can connect with for free. Like, yep. Seriously. I, in my brain, I allot 10 hours a week for marketing. Wow. So I yeah. know that I'm going to be about spending about 10 hours on Instagram, not because it's, oh, this is like fun and relaxing. And it is, it can be fun and mm-hmm. relaxing also be stressful, right? I know (laughs) those 10 hours are valuable to me. 100%. Yes. So, so setting that time aside, budgeting, whatever amount of time you have. Awesome. Do Mm -hmm. it. It's worth it. It's worth it. It Free marketing. You just have to put hours into it. You just have to put your time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and you have to kind of curate, um, and I've talked about this before in my membership too, like who is your ideal client? Knowing who that is, you curate your feed to meet them there. And, yeah. um, and also coming to the realization that your client is probably younger than you. So meet them where they're yeah. at, you know, if they're yeah. on Instagram, if they're on TikTok, then share what you're mm-hmm. doing with them and they're 10 years younger than you. And that's okay. Like just right. be where they are. <laughs> oh yeah. I <laughs> just just started my TikTok. I did not oh, want to well, do I'm going to be both. finding you. <laughs> I didn't want to do both, but I'm doing it. I'm still trying to find the shortcut to like, you, you like just, you make the TikTok and then you share it to Instagram as a reel. And I still haven't figured that out without like the sound. I don't know. Yeah. I need like, I need an intern. That's what I need. So if you're when watching and you're a young person, out, let me know. Yes. If I figure it out, I'll share with you when you figure it out. Sure. <laughs> Okay. I know there's a way to do it, but like I there said, is. I started this weekend. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. Okay. Well, I'll let, yeah. Whoever knows first. Will let you know. Yeah. In the comments guys. Help yeah, us exactly. out, okay? <laughs> Help us save time. We're old. Right. Um, okay. Speaking of old, where do you see your business in five years? Yes. So Ooh, this is kind of a loaded question. You can even go one year if that's easier for you. I love it. Oh, I'm like, I'm always like, um, I would love to have my own line so people can come in and buy it straight off the rack. And it is something that I'm currently working on. Um, and I want to be teaching what I'm doing. This is, it's something that's very important to me. I just, I have such a passion for other women and to let them know it's okay. If you have a learning disability, it's okay. If you're a mom, it's okay. If you have a crazy schedule, I want to be able to lift these women up that, you know, started where I did. You don't have to have a formal education yeah. in fashion, even though that's awesome as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just love being able to do that. So um, I would love to have some either online courses or in-person courses uh, to kind of help these ladies kind of take some steps towards that. Yeah, we need to talk more. I'm really excited. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. I'm very excited for you. This is so cool. And yes, that's so needed. And that is, I think that's just the next way of learning is like these digital courses that we can offer are so helpful, you know? So I'm making one for kind of the business marketing side of sewing okay. because we, some people have the skills, but it's like, how do I organize my life? But I love yeah. the fact that you are sharing yeah. Well, this will be a FaceTime conversation. Yeah, this I'm is, so this excited is for you. Goodies. Yes. Oh, this is really, really, really cool. Okay. And then what is a final piece of advice for listening, whether they're seamstresses established in a business thinking about, you know, bespoke offerings or they're, they have a sewing skill and they're like, can I offer bridal sewing? You know, all listeners, 
What's the final tip? Um, You've already given so many, so it's kind of hard to narrow it down, but. My final tip is to get your hands on as many gowns as you possibly can. Mm. Um, I have had really expensive, extravagant designers. And then I've had kind of just your um, David's bridal, which is, it's fine too, but Mm -hmm. to see the inner workings of these gowns are amazing. And if you are not at the point where you are currently working in this industry, go to Goodwill, find some of these old dresses, start ripping them apart, rip them apart, put them back together, try and remake them for your body. Because Mm -hmm. when you're doing that, you're not only learning how to tailor garments, but you're learning how others have constructed them. And I, I'm all about that. I, I love being able to see what other artists are doing and that's a really great way to do it. So I love that as many gowns as you can. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Katrina, thank you so much. I'm already (laughs) planning. Okay. Next time we talk, because I want to have you back on here. Um, I have all these now it's like, I have all these nuggets and things that I want to like reach out again about. So, um, and you will be, um, uh, heading up a training in our membership. So thank you. All the things. (laughs) Thank you so much, Katrina. And then tell our listeners where they can find you. Yes. You can find me on Katrina Munoz underscore bridal on Instagram. It's spelled C-A-T-R-I-N-A-M-U-N-O-Z underscore bridal. Um, and eventually I'll be sharing my TikTok. Like I, I said, like, I started it what's yesterday. What's the TikTok handle? Okay. I don't, we'll I be don't waiting. Remember. I don't even remember. You can, you can give TikTok. us an update in the comments when you have like okay. four videos. Yeah. Perfect. There we go. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Katrina. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you're interested in joining our online membership, you can head to secrets of a bridal seamstress podcast.com. Our membership includes monthly trainings, access to all previous video trainings, and of course, accountability and encouragement from your peers. I can't wait to see you there.